0: Hey,
1: everybody. So, welcome to the SoundCloud to Living Disciples. And tonight we have a special guest to talk to us. Uh, the topic is uh, our identity as sons and daughters of God. And it's Father Isaac who will be presenting tonight. Okay.
0: What am I looking at? Am I looking at that? Yeah, right there. Okay. All right. Okay. What's that? Oh, that yeah. Stole. More on this later. <laughs> More on the best team in the Premier League later. Um, so I hope you're all doing well. It's great to see some of you. It's great to see all of you that I can see. I see also some black screens as well. That's what I meant by that. Uh, no, I, actually, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, just to share about our identity as sons and daughters of God. Um, one of the things that impresses me the most about Jesus is his peace and confidence in the in the face of opposition or the face of his enemies. So, anytime I, I read those conflict situations in the Gospels, I'm just amazed at like his stillness uh, and his self possession and how he's just unmoved in the face of his enemies. Uh, if if any of you have seen the Chosen. Um, and if you haven't, this is a spoiler alert, but really you should have, because like, what were you doing in the first lockdown, right? We've <laughs> had plenty of time. So, uh, I don't feel bad at all, but there's this great scene in the chosen where, um, it's the healing of the paralytic, you know, like the four friends bring the paralytic in and they lower him down through the roof. And it, it's this, it's this really, uh, uh, intense scene because Jesus was preaching and then the roof tiles get torn off and they're lowering this guy. So that's a massive interruption. And then there's some Pharisees literally at the window, like yelling at him, like, you know, tell us who you are and tell us where your authority comes. And like, it's just all this chaos. Like, I feel anxious thinking about it. And he's just he's just still and he just watches the guy come down. And then he talks to the the friend and says, you know, your faith is beautiful. And he's still looking at this guy and he says, you know, your sins are forgiven and, that, and then the Pharisees flip out more and they're, they're yelling at him. And, and finally, he just calmly looks at them. And it's this moment where he has a word of knowledge and he just starts telling them the words that are in their heart. He's like, I know, right? Who can, who, you know, what man can forgive sins? But to show you that I have the, the authority to forgive sins, then he tells the paralytic to rise up. But he was just so still in that point. He was just so, so peaceful, so confident. Another example is the calming of the storm, right? Uh, he's sleeping, you know, the apostles are going nuts and uh, they think they're going to die and he's sleeping. And and, and we don't want to lose sight of the fact that even though Jesus is a divine person, he had a human nature. So like, this was a really big deal. This wasn't like God on autopilot. Like, he, he chose in his human nature to take a nap in this really big, big squall. And and maybe, you know, just to bring it a little closer to home, think of a, think of now of a person in your life that you know. Uh, that possesses a certain peace and confidence, uh, or you know, a person that seems to exude peace no matter what's going on. Uh, they just have this inner strength, right, in the face of opposition. Um, like, like a person who seems to know who they are no matter what. Does this person know Jesus? Is the person you're thinking about right now? Are they are they a friend of his? And then think about yourself. Ask yourself, do I walk in peace and confidence? Is my identity secure no matter what I'm going through? Or am I insecure? Am I anxious? Am I worried? Or is it somewhere in between? So over the last few weeks, Father Charles has been teaching us about who Jesus is, uh, how we find salvation in Jesus, has been talking about the personal surrender to Jesus. But the question is why? Like why? What what why why even talk about him? Jesus is the key to our true identity. Um, and he and he, he he becomes the source of our peace and our confidence and our security. Uh, he's what gives our lives direction and meaning. But this is why. Like we've heard that stuff before but this is why all that's true. Because Jesus makes us sons and daughters of God. do you know this? And I want you to listen very carefully. I'm going to repeat it a couple times. Do you know that Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could have the same kind of relationship with the Father that he had? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross so that you and I could have the same relationship with the Father that he had. That's why we're studying and praying about Jesus. That's why we need a relationship with Jesus. Um, I I remember both growing up, but even many, many, many years as a friar. uh, I just sort of viewed Jesus as like the the super Avenger, you know, like, like I knew he was more than a superhero uh, and I knew he was God, but I didn't really know the other two persons of the Trinity that well. And so he was just like this badass Lone Ranger, you know, like, and I, and I, I guess we needed to know him because he's God, I guess. And, uh, it, it just, it, it didn't make total sense to me. And it makes sense that it didn't make total sense to me because he's part of a family. Uh, and he hasn't come on his own, you know, to kick the devil's butt. Um, he, he's, he's a representative of the father. We need a relationship with Jesus because he comes to save us from our sin, uh, for, he saves us from sin for new life as sons and daughters of God in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Uh, if we get that shift, that, that, that changes so much in our life. But I, I, this isn't, tonight's not just a catechism session. Uh, the, 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 the question we're asking tonight and throughout this series is, is this my experience? And so through my relationship with Jesus, do I find my security, my rest, and my identity in a living relationship with my Father? That's what we're going after. And no matter where we're at on the spectrum of answering that question, all of us can ask the question, how do I grow more and more into this experience? Do you know that as a baptized believer in Christ, you are a son or daughter of God? And do you know that that is an objective fact? So, like in my case, on July 20th, 1975, at St. Margaret Mary Catholic Church on Dodge Street in Omaha, Nebraska, USA, I became a son of God. That's how literal it is. The priest poured the water over my head three times and said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and I became a son of God. Great job, Mom and Dad. Okay, that actually happened. Like the scriptures testify to this all over the place. Um, We could multiply examples, but 1 John 3, You know, see what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Uh, Romans 8, 15 and 16. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of sonship or the spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the spirit himself witnessing with our spirit that we are children of God. So baptism is not just a nice little ceremony. Like when you got dunked, you got made, like think of the mafia, you know, getting made like you're in. That's a big deal. That's an objective fact. But how many of you know that there can be a great gulf between the fact of my sonship and my belief in it and my acceptance of it and my living from that reality? Can I get an amen? Amen. Anyone else imperfect out there? No? Okay, there's a couple. Um, so. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: See the way you read scripture and those who like don't believe in Jesus and all that. Of course, the combined Muslims and and all the Buddhism and all that. They wouldn't be chatting about
0: Uh Can we come back to that? Yeah. Hold that thought. Yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be able to circle back to that one. Okay. There was a question there about. uh whether unbaptized people would be considered children of God. Uh, the short answer is yes, but more on that later. Um, so identity is something that's given to us freely, right, through Jesus uh, and, and what he's done for us. It, it really has nothing to do, for us, do with us except that God loves us enough to create us and make us his own and to redeem us. Um, it's our inheritance. But, but even though it's our inheritance, like we have to ask for it. Uh, not beg for it like a slave, but 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 ask for it like like a confident son or daughter, um, knowing that like like Dad is good, and he, and He's going to want to give us our inheritance. He wants us to know who we are. Uh, the asking is is Him drawing us into into participation. Um, there's a little line here in the, the very beginning of the Gospel of John. And it says, to all who received him, who believed in his name, it's talking about Jesus, he gave power to become children of God. Those who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. But I want to focus on that, that word. He gave power to become children of God. Uh, not to dazzle you with Greek, but there, there's something important going on here. That word, uh, you know, giving the power to become children of God, that's in the present progressive. So what that means is, is it doesn't just speak. So we've spoken about the objective fact that I'm a son of God, but there's also this reality that, like, uh, it's this. It's also a, a a sense of becoming as well, growing into. You know, again, like like an inheritance. You know, when like the the kings and queens of old, like like they're 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 destined to sit on the throne from the moment they're this big. Uh, so in a sense, like they're. They're a prince and they're already a king, and yet they're not, they have to grow into it. And if they actually don't grow, like if they die, they don't, they don't become king. Like, so we've been given this tremendous gift, but, but God requires a response on our part. Our whole life is growing into this, becoming uh, sons and daughters, and more and more so. And we do that primarily by faith. Jesus says in John's Gospel, you know, they ask him, what the people ask him, what do we need to do to be doing the works of God? And he says, this is the work of God that you believe in Him, whom He has sent. Mm-hmm. And so it's belief in Jesus, uh, not belief in the stuff I do for Jesus or, or for God to earn favorites. Belief in Jesus, who He is, what He's done, that leads me to ask, Lord, Lord, uh, make me who You've created and redeemed me to be. Uh, help me to step into this. What does it mean, you know, to to ask as a son or a daughter and not to beg like a slave? You know that passage in Matthew's Gospel, uh, Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, where uh, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And he says, you know, ask and you'll receive, Uh, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. The original translation is something more like, ask and keep on asking and you'll receive. Seek and keep on seeking and you'll find knock and it'll be no I'm just kidding knock and keep on knocking (laughs) Uh, and it will be open to you so there's there's this sense like um, well you I mean you parents know this better than I do right like you know like you give the kid a cookie one day he's gonna come back the next day and ask for a cookie it's not like you know can I have a cookie once for the rest of my life like no like this is it's, it's this it's this father son like 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 come to me come to me uh, I want to give, but I need you to show me your faith. I need you to show me your confidence. I need you to show me your love. He wants a relationship with us. Everything, the reason we're, so we're talking about identity. Why? Because everything flows from identity. Uh, everything that has meaning in your life. Think, think of like prayer uh, or your vocation or your mission or your ministry. Even the fulfillment of your needs and your dreams and desires. It all flows from identity. That's, that's a key word, that preposition there, from identity. Even prayer, like we pray from our identity. Even if we're praying to grow in our identity, uh, God wants us to pray from that place. So what does that mean? It means I go to him. I may not feel it. I might have baggage in my past. I might, you know, the daddy wound, things didn't go well at home, hard for me to relate to the father. I mean, this is kind of another talk, but just to say, okay, that's a reality that I've certainly faced in my life and maybe some, if, if not all of you have as well. But that does, my experience in the past doesn't change uh, the fact that what has been revealed is true. God is my father. It's like God's love, right? Like how do we know, how do we know God, God loves us? The answer is super simple and it's in Romans 5.8. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Period. So if you're ever going through a moment of doubting God's love, just take a crucifix and just say thank you. It, it doesn't matter how you feel in that moment. Uh, that act of faith is so powerful. Because you're saying, I, you're saying this, what you did for me in this revelation is, is, is greater than anything that has happened in my life. And it's the same with the reality of God's fatherhood. So, we, so that's why God wants us to begin from that place. And if it's not our felt reality, and if there's a war going on inside of us, That's okay. We can just ask him, okay, Father, you're, you've revealed yourself to, as Father. Send your Holy Spirit. Teach my heart. Heal my past. Heal my mind. So that, so that I can know this with every fiber of my being. I mean, that's a prayer we can pray every day for the rest of our lives. So we, we pray from that place, asking for more of our identity. Again, with confidence, because, because, our, because Daddy wants to give it. Uh, our, our vocation right like it 's a total function of our identity um, we 're human beings, not human doings, so it, it begins with being uh, and then god 's going to invite these beings to to become doings um, and then our our, our, uh, our mission is 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 attached to our vocation as well, um, and all fruitful kingdom ministry flows from identity. There's, there's, two, there's, there's the proper alignment of our identity and the improper one. So the proper one is, I am already, like I am a child of God. Therefore, I have all the resources of heaven, and thus I do. But a lot of times in my life, and, and I, I see it in the lives of others as well, we flip that around, and we operate under the performance-based mentality, which is, I do something to earn, what God has already given me for free, or what he wants to give me for free. And therefore I have, what do I have? I have a good resume. So it's like show off the or call, curriculum vitae. We call them resumes in the United States. Just show that off to God. There you go. What do you think about that, Papa? You know? He's like, what do you think about Jesus and all he did for you? So it's, it's I, do, I do something to earn what God wants for me. So I have a good resume. So then I am. I earn God's love. I earn my identity. And, and God's saying, no, no. It's, it's I am, I have, you do. You are, you have, therefore you do. So everything flows from this. Our needs, our dreams, our desires. He's a good dad. Uh, He says in Psalm 37, 4, Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. That's a beautiful verse to meditate upon. So all of of the stuff we're talking about, that's what makes up our inheritance. And again, we unlock it through faith. Uh, it, It unleashes this inheritance for us and leads to Transformation. Because it renews our minds, right The greatest battle the greatest battles we go to are in between the years. you know, the, the battle for our mind. Um, and you know, I, and how many of you know that like Satan can't, he can't make you think anything, but he can feed you a lot of thoughts. Yeah. But how many of you know as well that the Holy Spirit can feed you a lot of thoughts? His, his thoughts are better, His thoughts are more powerful. So, so, this is a massive battleground. Uh, but there, and, and there's two opposing forces, and then we're somewhere in the middle, but, but one is much greater. And a lot of times it seems like the other side is winning just simply because we give it too much time and too much attention. So, faith helps us to stop thinking from a merely human viewpoint, uh, but to think from a superior one, uh, to, think, to think from heaven, uh, to think from the place like, no, I'm already there, I'm already a son. What Jesus says is true. I'm, heated, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. Uh, I have an inheritance that I don't have to earn. I'm just asking God to show me how to unlock it and how to live it in my life. I want to look at probably my favorite passage in the scriptures, the one I often return to uh, in prayer and preaching, and that's the baptism of Jesus. Because this, I think, really exemplifies um, what it, not only what it means yeah, what it means to be a son or a daughter of God and what's available to us. And I like Mark's version. So you can look at Mark chapter one, verses nine through 11, which says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens open and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. So that's Mark one verses nine through eleven. So just a couple of things about that. Um, our, our English translations are so polite when we translate the, uh, the, the, the 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 scriptures from the original language, you know. So it says uh, he came up out of the water, and immediately the heavens were opened. And and I don't know what you think about um, when when you when you hear that line. Um, I don't think about the heavens being torn open, uh, but that's the that's the verb used in the Greek. It's the verb uh, schizo or schizo, which which has to do, which speaks of a violent tearing. So what it's really saying is, uh, when he came up out of the water, the heavens were violently torn open. And then the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove, and then Jesus hears the Father's voice. So the, so the heavens are violently torn open. This is a really, really big moment. Not just in the life of Jesus, hint, hint. And, and think about this. Up to this point, Jesus had done nothing to earn this. There's no dazzling public ministry to impress his father with. Like, hey, what would you think about that healing last week? Oh, yeah, you're right. Here comes the Holy Spirit, you know. It wasn't like that. I mean, Jesus is amazing, and, and God knows that, but... but God's not blessing him uh, because he got a good, because he got A's on his report card. He, he's, the heavens are torn open. He sends his Holy Spirit because he's his son. It's the spirit of sonship. It's the same spirit that's going to come upon us. And then after that happens, the spirit drives him into the desert where his identity is going to be tested. Now, that's another talk. We're not going to go there tonight. But the, um, this is what happens to Jesus. But here's a question I want you to think about. What do you notice about the scene after Jesus is baptized and after he leaves? And I'll give you a little clue. What did you notice about the heavens, the heavens that were torn open? Anyone?
3: This
0: is my son. Well, let me ask you this.
3: D- <laughs> Who said that? Didn't that say that again? They, they did not close Martina. That's it. <laughs> they they did not close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The heavens, sta- the heavens them. stayed open. <laughs> Scripture doesn't say, and then God reached down and grabbed the zipper and, <laughs> uh, and closed the heavens again. I mean, there wasn't a zipper. It was a violent tearing. So it, it just didn't work. Like they, they're ruined forever in a good way. So is it that amazing though? Like I, I never saw this. It had, this had to be taught to me. I, I, I'd never seen this before. That the heavens stayed open. I mean, what 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 might that mean? Um, why is that so awesome? To put it in American terms, um, because you and I, who have been baptized into Christ, remember that fact. July twentieth, nineteen seventy five. That's my story. St Margaret Mary Church on Dodge Street, Omaha, Nebraska. Because because I've been baptized into Christ. Because you've been baptized into Christ. We now live under an open heavens as well. 24-7, 365. Every day of your life. And if that's true, then the other two elements of Jesus' baptism are true as well. As a result of our baptism and being in Christ and living under an open heavens, the Holy Spirit descends upon us and He remains there. He rests upon us. Can I get an amen? Amen. That's amazing. And and, the, and and then the third thing is true. Uh, I'm starting to see the delays because people are just like putting their hands up now. <laughs> um, uh, and then the third thing is true. Uh, we hear the Father's voice. This is now uh, our privileged position in relationship to the Father. And just like Jesus, who didn't have a boatload of good works to show his dad so as to earn this anointing. This all happened when you and I were about this big, lengthwise. And the rest of our life is just unpacking it. This is our privileged relationship. This is our starting place. This is our starting place. This is the place that Jesus wants us to pray from. So in Jesus, you and I are living under an open heaven. We look, and see, we look up and see the spirit descending and resting upon us. And we hear the voice of our father That's really important. Not, I hope to, or I struggle to. No, we hear the voice of our Father. It is our spiritual DNA in Jesus to hear the Father's voice. Uh, The voice of our loving Father. And I'm I'm convinced that some of us struggle simply because we haven't fully accepted that by faith. And once we double down on that and say yes and amen, you're going to start hearing His voice like that. Because it's part of your spiritual DNA. The voice, uh, we, we, and we do so through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? He's the Spirit of Jesus. This is why the heavens remain open. So that the same Spirit that allows Jesus to hear the voice of the Father in his human nature, divine nature, he's always God. But in his human nature, the same Spirit that, that, that uh, was the voice of the Father for him becomes, our, becomes the voice of the Father for us as well. Think about this. You know, imagine if like a dove actually did come and rest on your shoulder. Like, how carefully would you walk around so as not to disturb it, you know, or scare it off? Um, is it possible, hearing what we're hearing tonight, maybe to move a little slower through life, uh, knowing that God wants to speak to us, knowing that this is our spiritual DNA, wherever you're at, in the classroom, in traffic, wherever. Now, I'd like, that, so, so we're, we're kind of prepared to return to the subject of faith and asking. We started it, but... So all of this is unlocked through faith. Uh, Faith is the substance that brings heaven to earth, brings my inheritance and my identity to earth. Um, And faith is what helps us, again, to to ask with confidence. Um, Faith is what what helps us to dialogue with God. Um, We can ask him questions about our life. And these questions actually yield answers. And again, he answers us not because of what we do for him, he 's not going to answer us because we had a good day today, we were nice to our kids, and you know we didn't pop off at someone in traffic or uh, yeah we stayed true to our lenten observances that 's not why he speaks to us. Uh, he speaks to us because of who we are for him and, and and we must be special because he sure did a lot for us but that's really important i mean i i 'll testify to my own life, but i 'm sure you can relate like uh you know, when you believe you're rocking it, right? Like you're just, you're walking in the Lord and things are good. Like it's a lot easier to like look up and ask God for a question and expect an answer. Then maybe you just completely missed it. And, you know, some sort of secret sin or you, you did freak out on your kids or whatever, you know, turn to heaven then. Like that. that's the moment when you probably need to hear from him the most. But like those, that's the moment when the enemy's dancing, dancing between our ears and being like, yeah, you, you know, it, it, it that, that's the moment when we're tempted to go into the performance-based mentality. Like, well, you missed it. So the rest of your day is going to suck. You know, that, that's not the heart of our Father. That's just not who He is. Um, so we, we stop in whatever situation, good or bad, and we turn our hearts to heaven, which is open. And we ask Him and we receive. So I'd like to do a little activation real quick. But before we do that, I want to do a couple declarations. Uh, I'm learning to do this and it's really powerful. A declaration is declaring over myself or over another the the truth of something that already is true. Even if I haven't experienced it yet. It's something we take from declaration and we take from revelation and we own. So I'd I'd like to do a couple of those to prepare us for this activation. So um, I'll say it. So I just want you to repeat after me. Um, I am who the Father says I am.
1: I am who the Father says I am.
0: In Jesus. In Jesus. I am his beloved son. I am his beloved son. Or daughter. So I would say, yeah, guys say sons, women say daughter. Uh, here's another one. The Father loves to speak to me. The Father loves to speak to me. And I am a great listener. And I am a great listener. Now, how many of you doubt that right now?
3: <laughs>
0: how did you know? <laughs> that's okay. but I, Yeah, I get it. But, but here's, here's why you can say that with confidence. Because in Christ, that's 100% true. That's who you are in Christ. That's your spiritual DNA in Christ. On your own, you're probably a lousy listener. <laughs> but it, we're not tonight and the rest of your life is not about on your own. Right? That's why we need Jesus. Jesus wasn't on his own. So, so in Christ, that's an absolutely true statement. The Father, I, I say it almost every day to myself. The Father loves to speak to me, and I'm a great listener. And when I dial into that, it's true. Here's the third one. Repeat after me. The Father delights in me. The Father delights in me. And I can feel his pleasure. And I can feel his pleasure. As we speak face to face. As we speak face to face. Those are good, right? Like, just, just think about how that makes you feel when, when you speak that over yourself. Uh, it changes you. I mean, there's brain science behind this. We're not doing it for the brain science purposes, but it's nice to you know, get the added benefit, right? So <laughs> It's good, good brain vitamins there. But uh, this is really helpful to, to, to own a few of these truths every day and to speak them over us, especially as we're going into prayer. So now just a brief, a brief activation. And Father Columba's done some of this stuff with us in the past, but just to, just to demonstrate, or to let God demonstrate to ourselves that we do hear his voice. So we're going to ask him a question or two. If you want, you can, you can write it down or just hear it in your heart. Um, so here's the first one. And he's speaking to his sons and daughters whom he loves, who live under an open heaven. The Holy Spirit rests upon you and he is smiling upon you right now. He's delighting in you. So we ask him, Father, what do you think of me right now? take a little more time and if you need a little a little help a little more prime in the pump you can ask Jesus how are you proud of me right now Okay, just a show of hands. Uh, How many people heard from the Lord there? And a show of hands. Uh, How many people felt more encouraged and more empowered because of the declarations to hear from the Lord? You don't have to raise your hand, just. but if it did help, let me know. Yeah. That's awesome. So... You do live under an open heavens. The Holy Spirit rests upon you. Think of that dove. He's just like right there. He just wants to speak right into you. And you do hear the Father's voice. And and what you just experienced, he wants that to become a lifestyle. That's why we've been spending weeks learning about Jesus. Because he wants to bring us into this, this dynamic and beautiful relationship with the Father. Dialogue, give and take. You know, he gives, we receive. We give, he receives. So so the real so sonship is everything. Uh, you remember earlier when I said you know, one of the things that impresses me the most about Jesus is his peace and confidence in the face of, of his enemies. Um, even more than that, <laughs> that's like my second favorite thing about Jesus in the Gospels. But I think my most favorite, I just I absolutely love it. I get I get so moved at times. Uh, when Jesus witnesses openly to his relationship with the Father. And this is what started to shift for me. This is what started to help me realize, like, oh, Jesus is not just a super Avenger. You know, it's not like Captain America and Jesus. Like, no, he's not a Lone Ranger. Like, he's totally into his dad. He's all about his dad. Remember when you were kids and you, like, bragged that your dad was better than your friend's dad and stronger than your friend's dad? Like, he, he is totally here uh, to put his dad on display. Um, so I just want to read just a couple passages. First one's a few verses, the second one's a little shorter, but just as, just as examples. Um, this one's from John 5. It says, But Jesus answered them, My father is working still, and I am working. And this was why the Jews sought all the more to kill him, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also called God his own father, making himself equal with God. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing for whatever he does that the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him that you may marvel. That's us. For as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. The father judges no one. He has given all judgment to the son that all may honor the son. Even as they honor the Father, he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. He says elsewhere, the Father and I are one. This might be my favorite, when Jesus is outside the tomb, outside of Lazarus's tomb, his friend Lazarus, who he waited to let him die so that he could go to his tomb and put the Father's glory on display. And we read in John 11, uh, verse 40 and following, Jesus said to her, says to Martha, Did I not tell you? Right? Because he says, he says take, the, take the stone away. And she's like, whoa, 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 Yeah, exactly. He's been dead like four days. And he was already dying of like a, basically it was like gangrene and taking over his whole body. I mean, his flesh was rotting before he even died. So this was not going to be pretty like, and he's like, take away the stone. And she's like, whoa, 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 he's, he's gone, man. He's, he's been dead four days. And Jesus says, didn't I tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And you can just imagine that moment. <laughs> like, she's staring at him like, what? You know, but he's Jesus. So, <laughs> uh, and so they took away the stone. And this is the best part. Oh, I love this part. And Jesus lifts up his eyes and says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He hasn't even done anything yet. I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you hear me always, but I have said this on account of the people standing by that he may believe that you did send me. Now there's a great uh, private revelation called um, the poem of the Man-God, uh, which if it's not true, it should be. But um, anyways, it kind of puts some meat on the gospels. And, and uh, so it, it, the, it's such a beautiful description of the scene. It's so powerful. And in that, that so we get, to, we get two verses of a prayer. But the way it's supposedly described by Jesus to Maria Veltorta in the poem of the man God. Like Jesus rests in that place for minutes. Can you imagine that? Like he's gone. It's like ecstasy, communion with the Father, and everyone's sort of looking at him. And you know when like someone's being weird and they're totally lost, then you start looking around at other people like, do you know Check out your man, you know. But he's just like gone. I mean, it's so awesome. I wish I had it here, but it would take too long to read. So he's just lost in his dad. It's so amazing. And, uh, and I think they even said, like, there was joy on his face. Anyways, he comes back to it, uh, and, and then we're told, when he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And, and, and Lazarus comes out, right? He's bandaged, and he says, unbind him and set him, go for it. I got chills right now just even talking about this. This is like, this is awesome stuff. But this is one of my favorite parts of the Gospels, because he's so unashamed of his, of his complete love and affection and total reliance on his father. Like, the reason he raised Lazarus from the dead is because his father wanted Lazarus raised from the dead. That's why. It wasn't because he's the super avenger and he could do it. That wasn't it at all. It was because he was in com- he's in communion with his dad and his dad wanted it to happen. I love that. So... Why are we studying Jesus? Because Jesus is all about his father. And Jesus invites us into that. This is who he is. So he's more than a Jew. He's more than a carpenter. He's more than a rabbi. He's more than a miracle worker. He's more than the son of Mary and Joseph, as awesome as that is. He's more than the son of the blessed Virgin Mary. He's the son of God. And we're told in John 5, this is what ticked people off. This is why the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also called God his own father. Making himself equal with God. This was bad news in some people's eyes. And it's it's kind of the same for us. Like when someone asks you, like, who are you? There's so many different ways to answer that question. We might even think of certain things, you know. I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm short, I'm tall, I'm square, I'm round, I'm whatever whatever your shape is. I'm blue or brown, my you know, blue or brown eyes, I'm shy and retiring, or I'm wild and flamboyant. I like Man United, I like Liverpool. Or I like the real champions, <laughs> Manchester City. I told you it was coming. Um, but all that stuff, or Arsenal, <laughs> but all, all that stuff, those are just little teensy-weensy branches on the bigger branch that you are. Right? So G- Jesus says, John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. But what else did he say? He says, my father's the vine brancher. My, my, the, my, my father's the vine dresser. I have a question for you. Is the branch the vine? Yes. I mean, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, but that also makes us the vine. Like you can't really tell where the branch ends and the vine begins, right? Like like, go, like look at a plant uh, when you get a chance like and try to figure out like, yeah, vine, 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 branch, right there, right there. Oh, no, it doesn't work, no. Uh, you don't really know. Uh, so, so when Jesus is saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches, he's also kind of saying, you're the vine. So all this other stuff, you know, again, man, woman, you know, your interest, your personality, your vocation, your occupation, those are just teensy weensy little branches. Those are expressions of the branch or the vine that you are. So again, we're just saying over and over again, we are sons and daughters of God. Why? Because we're in Christ. Not because of anything that we've done. Not because of anything that we've done. Even, even if you came to Christ as an adult, even if, even if you're uh, uh, were baptized as an adult or, or will be, uh, it's all a response to his grace. He's always the first mover and he always will be. And as his sons and daughters, we share in Christ's heavenly inheritance. I can't emphasize enough. We share in what he has. In Christ's heavenly inheritance. St. Paul says we're co-heirs with Christ. He says it in a number of places. He also says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places is ours in him. I don't know about you, but I got a lot more to tap into than I'm tapping into right now. If that statement is true. Um, but, but all we have to do is believe, ask, and receive. And then cooperate with what's given. And it's important to say, like, I'm not just talking about, you know, being a Catholic Christian for my own sake, like to get blessed and to get stuff. And uh, I mean, Jesus, at one point in the Gospels, even says, like, in the world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to struggle um, because of me, uh, if if you really want to stand with me and follow me. But the greatest blessing is being his. And the greatest blessing is becoming love. Like Jesus, he was the perfect expression of the Father. That, that's why he was on the earth he was on the earth to represent him to represent to, to represent him and uh, and that's why we're here that's why we're here so we're not just saved from something we're saved for something to like jesus to put our dad on display jesus said it in the in the uh, sermon on the mount right right at the beginning let them see your good works so that in seeing them they'll glorify your heavenly father your heavenly father not mine jesus didn't say mine Listen to these words uh, from St. Peter and then we'll, we'll close up and I'll, I'll answer your question and then open it up to questions. It says 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, we have been born anew. Have been, past tense, it's done. To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That happened a long time ago. So it's it's done. You have been born anew to a living hope and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So guys, we're not here to earn heaven. Okay, we have heaven waiting for us. The Catholic understanding of salvation is we were saved at baptism. We are being saved if we, if we choose to cooperate with God's grace. Basically, if we unpack the gift of baptism and live in accordance with that grace, that's called sanctification, right? That's called growth in holiness. Um, that's, that's, that's the process of being saved. And we have a hope to be saved. And I, I don't mean like a... Uh, pious yeah, wish. I hope so. yeah, not, not a pious wish. I mean like a confident hope. We're not talking perfection here. We're talking progress. A confident hope. That if I accept baptism and and the reality that that is, and if I live that out to the best of my ability, understanding that I I, I suffer the effects of original sin and I make them worse every time I choose actual sin, but understanding that God's grace is greater and that I can always begin again, then then I have this confident hope that I have heaven waiting for me. This, this, This unfading, imperishable inheritance kept in heaven for me who by God's power are guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. God doesn't want us to lack confidence. He doesn't want us to be presumptuous, but he doesn't want us to lack confidence. He wants us to make it. He doesn't want us to spend our lives trying to earn what he's already given us for free because he wants us to be here to represent him. You see how we can get distracted. We have heaven waiting for us. We're here to represent our dad and like Jesus, through Jesus, with Jesus, in Jesus, for Jesus, to draw others to him. That's good news. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so, do we do Q&A now? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, just to start off the Q&A session, uh, Christy asked a good question earlier, way, way back, uh, just talking about how, um, uh, for Catholics, by extension, uh, other Christians as well, uh, the, the, the reality of our uh, sonship becomes and, and, and becoming a child of God becomes real at our baptism, uh, And the question was, if I 'm not mistaken, uh, what does that mean for a non-Christian, say, a Muslim or a Hindu, or just whoever
2: Christianity. Yeah
0: out, someone outside of Christianity. So uh, I, I, there's probably like two phases to that answer. First of all, uh, any human being walking the face of the earth is here because God loves them. Like there's, there, there's no, and I, it doesn't matter the circumstances of conception, how distorted or horrible, what, if, if, if God blessed that moment with the child, he wants that child here. He knew that child from all eternity. Um, so in a sense, in, in that sense, like he, he's the, he's the father, the source of all reality of everything that lives. There's nothing living that he's not sustaining in perfect love. So in that sense, every human being is a child of God. Like we, 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 we come from God and 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 it 's his plan it 's his will it 's his desire that we would all return to him um, but there's but as 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 Catholic Christians, we believe uh also in the reality of sin and the reality of original sin and so we we believe that there that there was this big mistake uh, made by Adam and Eve, and it really distorted things inside of us it didn 't destroy us there would be some uh, veins of, of of Christianity, which believe like that, just completely wrecked our nature. We don't believe it was completely wrecked, but it's certainly disordered. You know, so the intellect is darkened, the will is weakened, our emotions are all scrambled. <laughs> I can testify to that. Um, and uh, and the relationship between the sexes and relationship between others is is distorted and can become difficult and so on and so forth. Um, so that's a reality. Original sin is a reality, uh, and that's something that even a little baby needs to be saved from. Like sin is a reality. And, and if we're not saved from sin, uh, we can't go to heaven. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop there because there's a whole other conversation with different nuances there. And that may even generate some questions that uh, may just not be possible to answer tonight. But but it's a really good question that Christy asked. So on one hand, every single human being is a precious gift from the Father. And is his child. But, but in order to uh, receive and, and live in and walk in the sonship that Jesus had, mm-hmm. baptism is required. Can't really say it better than that. That's Could have said that 90 seconds ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, other questions? Yeah, so go to heaven? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Yeah. Go ahead, Martina. We'll get back to that. We'll get back to Christie's next. Yeah, go ahead, Martina.
3: So just about the affirmations, I think, where the good watches um, where if you um, say affirmations to yourself, like I'm strong, I'm beautiful, thanks to yourself, are true. But, it's how they're not true because if you just say them to yourself, it's just, um, if you don't feel that way, then they can't be true. They could be, so, so don't you're If you say affirmations to someone, you say, it isn't how you feel, this is what God says about you. It totally changes everything. Um, it's something I do a lot at school, and I would do a lot with Bob, because you're good, because God says this. And it totally changes it then, because it doesn't fit you. Do you understand? Yeah,
0: uh, you were breaking up a little bit, but it sounded like...
3: Is my reception really bad?
0: Well, or ours is, but it, it sounded like you were making the distinction between
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, saying something over yourself that isn't true versus speaking God's truth over yourself, which is true.
3: Yeah, and the fact is, you say affirmation, you don't feel that way. You're going to... And it's right, you
0: know. And yeah.
3: We say, well, it doesn't matter what you feel. This is what God says.
0: Exactly. And, you know,
3: when it happens.
0: Yeah. People
3: change for that, you know, because
0: then they will. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you're you're breaking up quite a bit, but it, no, it is a good point. Like, uh, and when I say, yeah, I, maybe I can, I maybe I said that too flippantly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on one hand, it always matters what you feel. Right, like your emotions aren't wrong, even if they're based on wrong thinking. Your emotions are just motors; they do what they do. Um, they might be distorted because your thoughts are off, or you've you, you've been wounded. But uh, so it, it it always matters what you feel, but it doesn't always matter most. Um, and there's a constant temptation in the Christian life to weigh our to value our experience more than the Word of God, to value our experience what God has promised and proven to be true. So, what declarations do, regardless of how you feel, you know, it does, like, let, unfor, I mean, unfortunately, people have experiences in life where they, they end up feeling like a piece of you know what. But it's still true that they're a son or daughter of God. Yeah. It's still true that they've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that Jesus considers them the most precious treasure. And, and so, I think, e- even for someone who maybe has a long runway of healing to go through, even emotional healing, you can still spend some time in that place. Because that's the truth that sets us free.
3: Like, it's been massive for me. Yeah, and it's been massive for my own. Just to, like, it doesn't matter what you feel. This is what God says about you. And start to accept what God says about me rather than what I say about me or what other people might say about me. You know, and it's life changing that it yeah. really is a key to the, you know to opening up your relationship with God. yeah and, and and even having uh, confidence and peace what you were saying at the start and to walk in confidence and peace because you know it's really really powerful that like i've seen it you know work in my own life so massively just sort of um Changing what I feel about me and you know, what God says about me is the truth, sort of thing. And it's just been massive. Yep.
0: Yeah, That's a great testimony because it, it, this stuff is for real. And it works. Thank you, Martina.
3: It really, really works. And that's why I I there's kind of things, and not everyone's life's perfect, but. I say to them, I don't care what lies you've been told. This is the truth about you. I close your eyes now and I'm going to see the truth over you. And you know, I hope it resonates with them Mm. because I know what it's done for me. So it's just it's testament. Yeah. Amen. Yes, Father,
4: I just have a question about uh, Romans 8. I think it's 29 uh, to 30. We had to do like a wee exercise one time for this course I was doing, but it's basically about uh, predestination. Mm. And I'm just wondering, you know, with that truth that we know that you spoke about tonight, if somebody argues that um, and says that, you know, God predestined who he was going to call to him, how could you even simply, (laughs) I don't want to use the word argue, but maybe state How that's not the case.
0: (laughs) So, how what's not the case? Sorry, just trying to understand what you're. That
4: certain people are predestined, like yeah, before he he um, made us, he made some for him, um, so that some people were predestined to be like him or called to him, Mm. and some he made were not, you know. Maybe for, I don't know what they were made for, but not for him. Yeah. I suppose that's to do with heaven and hell.
0: So it's, it's interesting because in, in if you read uh, twenty Romans eight twenty nine 29 and 30. this Okay, so I have the RSV here, so I'll just read the RSV. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Um, There's no real indication that he limits the number. Uh, I mean, just think about it philosophically. God foreknew everyone. Right, like it's back to Christie's question. Like Hindu, Muslim, atheist, Satanist, God foreknew everyone that he created. Uh, And this says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So I'm no scripture scholar, but I think one way of reading that is everyone's foreknown and everyone's predestined um, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called and he justified. But again, there's, there's no limitation on those terms. Like, he, he, he's, he's, he's made everyone, he's called everyone, he's done what he did in and through Jesus for anyone. Um, now we have to respond to that as it's presented to us. Um, but that, that would be the first thing I would say, like there's no evidence in the scripture that somebody can point to that would say, Well, no, I was foreknown and predestined, but you weren't. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that?
1: Well, I think it's, it doesn't say every, everyone because it depends also on our choice. Exactly. So that's why it couldn't be everyone. That's right. Uh, but in the plan of God, His desire is for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but because of the free will He gives us, uh, well, then uh, St. Paul. Rightly say those, uh, knowing that some of us will unfortunately choose differently.
0: That's what I meant to say.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I actually taught him that. I taught him that. Yeah.
4: Thanks very much. That's a good explanation. Thank you.
0: Yeah, well, we're going to go to Christy now. Go ahead. Uh, the way
2: you talked about uh, sonship and you know obviously that links a to the relationship and stuff and uh, I think would it would be important to say like well, of course and um, uh, of course it would be important to say like with your uh, your prayerful piety along with your piety and everything that that alongside your faith hope and charity uh, with like getting salvation like one doesn't come without the other would you say that you can't get to heaven without piety and like, prayerful piety I mean dude, and you're like already even said you know, the, the rosary is, is, like, pray the rosary every day, and you will, and of course, other things that you'll. I'll be there to death, basically. So, like, prayer, as well as things that you explained tonight, is your hope. Would that be your, your, not your guarantee as such, because, like, he says, sound you fall and all that, but that would be your, like, hope and salvation, you know? Mm. One can't go without the other, basically. Mm-hmm. Would, that be, would that be right?
0: Christy's asking a really important question. He's wanting to know if Man City fans go to heaven. The, the answer to that question is there's a special room in heaven for Man City fans. It's just a little bit higher than everybody else. No. Uh, so I, if, if I understand his question correctly, um, so in talking about uh, sonship, our relationship with God, and, and how that relates to heaven and, and our journey to heaven, um yeah basically, basically wondering about the role of prayer, I assume that 's what yeah, you mean by yeah, piety, yeah. yeah, so how do we so how do we access uh, our sonship and the inheritance that goes with that, which is ultimately heaven, like whatever whatever bit of our sonship we experience this side of heaven it it 's all fulfilled in heaven, bodily health, soul, health, spiritual health. Perfect relationship. It's it's going to be amazing. How do we access that? Well, we access that uh, through faith. How do we express our faith? We express our faith through through prayer and relationship. Uh, there's different ways to pray, right? There's you, you can pray with the scriptures, you can pray the rosary. There's liturgical prayer. There's just talking to God. But yeah, uh, this the package, if you will, of uh, that's given to us at baptism that tremendous gift. Which includes both sonship and my eternal destiny is 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 gradually unpacked. Like every day is Christmas with God, um, through through faith, uh, through hope, through love, um, which are grown through prayer and then expressed uh, through living action. Does that does that sort of get at what you're talking about? Yeah, like
2: how, yeah. So like uh, yeah, just one like I'm um, thinking about one can't go without the other. Like you must pray in order to get the heaven. Because you can't just say, I know I know am
0: going to heaven, so I don't need to
1: pray. So I know there's people that say just because they believe mm. well, they are guaranteed heaven, but that's a statement. Mm, that mm, mm, mm. so, well, one aspect to that for me is uh, that means uh, they're not looking at living in the kingdom right now. They're just saying, oh, that will come later. Right. Let's worry about that later. Right. Whereas we are called to live in the kingdoms of, uh, kingdom of the Father right now. Yeah. That's what it means to live in, as sons and daughters of the Father. That means it's for now already. Not yeah. to the full, but for now already. And that in itself requires that relationship with the Father. That's the only way to be yeah. in his kingdom, to be in in his embrace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, now that's to me that's where where prayer comes in okay. so living in the kingdom already now is impossible without that relationship yeah. which is prayer uh, now as as father said at this uh, father Isaac said at the very start we we don't there's nothing we do that will earn us heaven not even prayer okay. not even prayer uh, but prayer allows us to already have a have a foretaste of it yeah. right now.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah, and if you're not li- living in relationship with God on Heather. earth, just a second. here, Just one more thing. If you're not living in relationship with your and God on earth, you're 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 you could be tempted to look at heaven as sort of like, uh, you know, like a resort, right? Like Tenerife versus if you are living a relationship with God, what are you looking at heaven like? There are many rooms in my father's house. You're going home to dad's house. Like you're going home to stay. You're not just going to like, you know, yeah, the great golf course in the sky. It drives me nuts when people say stuff like that. (laughs) Last thing I'm going to want to do up there is golf. I promise you. But but like you're going to dad's house. You know, you're 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 entering into the fullness of the relationship that you've been made for. Not just with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you have Mary, you have the communion of saints, which will include all of us. You have the angels. I mean, it's going to be amazing. It's it, it's such a it, it's such a more fuller experience uh, than the whole yeah. A Father Christmas. Yeah, mm. but
1: maybe just to to add, uh, our prayer predisposes us to the encounter. And that in itself is essential, because if we're so distant from God, uh, when the, the day comes where we face him and we're like, hey, where are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he said, do you want to come with me? And like, you're a stranger? Why? You know, I mean, I'm caricaturing it. But there's that, uh, there's that big question. I mean, our life here is to prepare us for that great oral exam. There will be one question.
2: Like I, I know, like funny you say that. Like uh, it works both ways, doesn't it? Like I know a scripture that says that about if you deny me, I'll deny him from my Father. So like that will work part partial with prayer would it? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, if you spent your your life turning away from him, yeah. Well, you know, as a, as an athlete, if you keep doing the same thing, yeah. Well, when the crucial time to come, that's what you'll do without thinking. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so if you keep turning away, well, at the great oral exam, with the one question, do you want to come with me? Yeah. And you're practicing. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, well, the yeah. danger
0: is... Exactly. Sorry, so many
2: questions
0: there. Problem no problem. Good you. questions. Uh, yes, Majella. It's
4: a bit like... Um, where, you know, many of us, like, we know all of this in our heads, but we don't allow it to get, to experience it in our hearts. So it's like, um, until we have that sort of experience of God in our hearts, can we actually open our hearts to God that you actually feel that you are a daughter or a son of God? It's like God is, you know, the Spirit of God is speaking to our spirit, but we don't allow it to break through into our physical lives. It's like, we know God lives within us, but we haven't had that Tangible experience, so it's like we have to just, I suppose through prayer, we, we we get we keep returning back to our hearts to open other areas of our heart that we haven't surrendered to God. Is it a wee bit like that? Yeah, that idea of um, truly really believing we are uh, a son or a daughter of God. It's when it it's when it comes from the heart, like the eyes of the heart are supposed to tear our, our eyes.
0: Yeah, and I think that happens about. One thousand five hundred and seventy-one times throughout your life. You know, like it's (laughs) the the way I look at it is there's just like layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers to the human heart, and our in our relationship with God, the the more we experience His love, and it's only in the place of love that He genuinely convicts us. uh, That that He just it's just you peel off another layer. You peel off another layer. You peel off another layer. And you're just peeling off stuff that you don't need. But you finally see that you don't need it. And you're finally willing to let it go. And just more of his love is pouring in. But yeah, like the experience that you're talking about, Magella, it's not a one and done. We can have these amazing experiences, right? These encounters with his glory, which are incredible. Um, but, and and, they'll, and they'll, 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 they'll sustain us in a way. But they'll also propel us forward to, to another experience. And in the in-between stage, when you, when, you talk, when you go in between those encounters with glory, that's where the transformation by the renewal of the mind is important. We need both. We need encounters with his glory to be transformed. But in between, we also need to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And that sets us up to receive more. It's not earning it, but it does prepare our hearts to receive more of him. Um, because, th- yeah, the more we see, the more we believe. And the more we believe, the more we expect to receive. That's just how it works. Think, I always, one of the most helpful ways to think of faith is vision. Faith is learning to see reality as God sees it. From the top down, he sees everything and he sees all the possibilities. And he is not dismayed by any of the stuff that we're dismaying. He hates evil, but he doesn't freak out in the presence of it. Like, oh my God, I'm powerless and I'm despairing. He, he knows what he can do if we'll just get out of the way and let him. In so many of the situations, in all of the situations that we're in,
3: Yeah, very good, yeah. The word I keep getting to is commitment. I really think that you're talking about the in between times. Mm. We do have these lovely amazing experiences with God, but it's the everyday I'm going to commit to giving every day to God. Everyday prayer. Everyday trying thinking about God, reading the Bible. You know He rewards that. And that is a process then. Isn't that that you feel yourself growing and growing and opening up more?
0: Yeah, and what's the and Martina, and I would ask everyone, like, what's the key I want you to ask yourselves right now, what's the key to commitment? What's what's the one thing that helps me commit most to God?
3: Trust. I would say trust. Yeah, but
0: where is trust born from? Okay. Yeah, the thing that makes the thing that the greatest motivator for me to commit myself to God is to already realize he's committed to me and that's what we've been talking about tonight like Mm -hmm. but you, you could sum up tonight's like God has so clearly committed himself to you will you accept that father Isaac Will you finally you know, let your guard down and stop trying so hard and stop trying to earn what I've already done? Will you just accept it? Will you just let me love you and let me lead you? Yes. There's no greater motivating factor for, uh, for a commitment to God than recognizing his commitment to me. There was a, a guy, uh, he's no longer alive, uh, Christian evangelist, his name was Brendan Manning, and he got accused once, because he, he just preached the love of God and the mercy of God over and over again. And, and, and someone, someone said, uh, what, did, what did they say? Uh, oh, you're giving people excuses to sin. He said, I'm giving them the only real excuse not to. And that's God's love and mercy. Because all of our sins, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas gets really radical on this. I mean, you, you think of the most vile, evil person in human history. St. Thomas Aquinas would say, they thought they were loving somebody and they thought they were doing right. Now, I'm not even sure I agree with that, but I I, I appreciate the radical point that he's making. So love is the greatest motivator. It's it's, it's the number one motivation not to sin, and it's the number one motivation to commit ourselves to God. I have a
3: lovely story about that. A a few years ago, I spoke to Father Joe, you know, Father Joe Gormley? Mm -hmm. And uh, I was saying to him, Father Joe and more and I, I just love God more and it's crazy and all. And he said to me, "No, two, you don't love God for you've all God, he loved you. Didn't you? really has stayed with me that and it is so fair. It's accepting his love as well. Um, you, think you can love God, but if you don't start to really feel his love and allow that into your heart, that's when the real change in you happens, like isn't
0: it really? Yeah, and it's a—it's like this. Uh, it's a dialogue, right? So, like, he commits to me; I commit to him. I experience more of his commitment. I commit more. It, it, just think of, yeah, just any relationship. This is how relationships grow. Yeah. Um, but but it, it it's really difficult, if not impossible, uh, for relationships to grow without commitment. And I, th- I think that's that's to your original point. Like, if we want to grow, that's, that, that's kind of what you're saying as well. Like, if we want to grow, like, we have to commit. Yeah. Uh, and that's where our part comes in. Uh, okay. God makes it easy for us. Accept, well, like every- commit, and grow. But we have to accept and commit.
3: And every healthy relationship has commitment. A marriage, um, commitment to your children, commitment yeah. to friendship.
0: <laughs> That's
3: right.
1: A real high level. Well, the battery, the the cable is faulty. Well, we'll say goodbye to our friend on the SoundCloud. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, Bye. We'll I'm waving you at next SoundCloud.
0: Week. <laughs> Bye, SoundCloud.